0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, friends and neighbors from all around the automotive world, we are back with another,
1: another obstreperous episode of V8 Radio, Kevin.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, a what?
1: Obstreperous. And it means to be rowdy, rambunctious, or noisy. And it's well, actually gonna, and you're gonna tell us why that adjective fits for this episode here in a few minutes.
0: I'll tell you right now, my friend. Well, I I am Kevin Ooste, your host, joined as always by our our, uh, esteemed co-host, Mr. Mike Huball-Clark. And what was the word again?
1: Obstreperous.
0: Obstreperous. I think I can... uh, I'm not sure I hear that properly because our setting is a little bit different today. I'm actually coming to you from the setup of the SEMA show here in Las Vegas uh, in the Grand Lobby. I'm standing here at the uh, SEMA Central... Display desk where people are normally very helpful to other people throughout the SEMA week but I'm just using this as a desk uh, as they set up the show all around us. So you're going to hear some noise in the background which lends to your word.
1: Absolutely and uh, you'll probably be hearing Kevin give directions throughout the show so beware.
0: Yeah, people have been coming up and asking questions like, "I know what I'm doing here," um, which uh, <laughs> clearly I don't. But uh, I, I will ask for pre-forgiveness on any sort of interruption that we get along the way. So,
1: dig it. Hey, man, it's it's uh, it's authentic live radio. I love it.
0: It's authentic live recorded radio. That's exactly right. <laughs> live recorded radio. Well, I, you know, as a demonstration to my commitment to our enterprise here, you know, I, I, I'm here at the SEMA show this week working, uh, and it's funny because we're going to release this and the show will already be over because we're about a week behind. But right. um, I was able to take a minute or two to, uh, to step aside from my duties this week, and I wanted to get a show in. And this year, I've been fortunate enough to have um, a pretty cool uh, access level, so I, I've been able to walk around and see things as the booths are being put together. And um, So I, I can't say I've seen the show yet because the show's not assembled yet, but it's close. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are, we're recording this on the Sunday before it opens. It officially opens on Tuesday, so that gives you an idea. So there's a lot of action going on around me.
1: Yeah, I'm sure it's, uh, it's, it's quite an obstreperous scene and uh, a, lot of, a lot of people moving from place to place trying to get things done.
0: Right, right, exactly. So um, for those who normally listen to our show, and if you've never heard this before, uh, we usually start these off with a trivia question, which is a fun way to uh, tease and aggravate our listeners. <laughs> 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 so uh, have you prepared an automotive trivia question, Mr. Clark?
1: Indeed, I have, uh, Mr. Oste, and uh, here we go. Uh, Okay, Kevin, when the uh, SoCal Speed Shop is mentioned, uh, typically an image of the SoCal Special Lakester will come into mind. And as most people know, the Lakester was made from the belly tank of an aircraft. But, Kevin, I ask you and our listener, from what aircraft was this belly tank procured from?
0: Wow, wow, what a great question. Great question, and yes, it conjures up the uh, to me the Alex Exidious Coupe uh, or, or Roadster, Lakester, I guess is the best way to say it, Belly Tanker. Um, and I am I am a, a, an aircraft novice at best. I, I really like airplanes. I don't know jack about most of them. So this run mm-hmm. really kind of kicks me in the cojones. And, oh boy! Uh, uh, what I will tell you is that. The limited knowledge I have about what we're talking is, uh, these were post-World War II airplanes, because that's kind of when all this hot rodding got started. And a tank, to me, a tanker is added to a plane to increase its range, right? So what needs to to fly far but bombers? So I'm going to guess that these are bomber tanks. Also because the Hot Rodders used bomber seats. They would take the aluminum seats out of bomber planes and bolt those into cars because they were lightweight. And of course the bomber Mm -hmm. jacket, you know, and all went went hand in hand. Uh, I'm going to say it was from a B-25 is my guess, which was... uh, A B-25 bomber. If I'm not mistaken, a prop plane, you know, all bombers in World War II were essentially, right? The B-52, that was even, they were all props. And the reason why I'm going with B-25 is I've seen some pictures of what I think they were, and uh, our friend Smokey Eunuch, who's one of the greatest hot rodders of all time, flew one mm-hmm. in oh, right on World War II. So that that's the formulating web of nonsense that I'm conjuring okay. up <laughs> for this week's trivia question <laughs> answer. It's a nice web. Very nice web. Yeah, I'm stuck in it, so now you are too. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right. So Kevin says, B-25
0: bomber. All right, duly noted, sir. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna advance straight into the future, and, and I would do a SEMA trivia question, but you know the obvious one we've already done. What was the first year? And you know, there's a, right. a million different ways to talk about SEMA. So uh, because the show's not open, I can't say anything about it yet, as far as what's here. So I can't do that. So instead, right, we're gonna go to your right. your second most favorite topic, and that is high performance Fords.
1: Oh, right! <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, high-performance Fords for 100, Alex. Uh, <laughs> just how fast is the new 2020 Shelby GT500 quarter-mile time and speed?
1: Ooh, how fast is the GT500? And this is um, fresh,
0: fresh off the press information, maybe a week and a half old at this point. So, you might have seen something on social... The, uh, the car is powered by a 5.2-liter V8, making 760 horsepower, if that gives you a, a thing you can calculate from if you don't know the answer. So give it a whirl.
1: Okay, Kev. Um, I do think I saw a few things around the interwebs regarding the GT500 and how it is even quicker than the um, Dodge Hellcat. And um, I'm going to say and the hellcat will go like it's touted to go like nine nine but i don't think anyone's ever gotten it to do that um but the gt500 i believe will go 1033 at
0: 140 miles an hour wow 10.33 seconds at 140 miles per hour uh, yes, sir. Lofty, right there. That's that's cooking.
1: It is. It's a hell of a car. It's got it all. It really does.
0: All right. Well, your so, uh, your answer is noted. Dig it. I don't know if it's dually noted. I only noted it once, <laughs> so it's not dually, right? Is not dually noted. <laughs> is that what that means?
1: Sing. It's singularly <laughs> noted, sir. Right.
0: <laughs> you always dually note my questions. I don't know if they are do. written down a couple of times for backup.
1: Well, I got to make sure I get it right for you, so yeah. that's what I do.
0: Accuracy is not at the top of our list here at VA Radio. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about, man? <laughs> Much as we try, the uh, this is a pro level show. It is a pro level show, but the uh, opinions and facts are not always representative of reality. So we, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, you know what are you gonna do? Yeah.
0: All right, we'll oh, run right up. So yeah. So here I am at SEMA, buddy, once again.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm excited for you that. Uh, I mean, I know you're doing a few more things this year, and uh, I'm kind of bummed that I wasn't able to uh, to attend this year. I would have loved to uh, been hanging out with you and uh, and my buddy Ira and my other buddy Chip Foose. <laughs> uh, that's right. That's right. To uh, for the show, but uh, that's okay. There's always next year. Maybe I'll, I'll make it then.
0: Well, uh, so. I, I certainly hope so. I hope to be able to help that opportunity happen. You're an industry guy. You know, you could have just called and showed up on your own. Uh, I,
1: I could, Well, what, what fun is that?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is the one-year anniversary of your uh, unwashed hand, isn't it? From... It is!
1: From <laughs> And uh, I think I need to see a doctor about this. hmm <laughs> Things are just getting out of hand, so to speak.
0: Yeah, well, you don't need medication because it's just going to fall off by itself. So don't. don't Pretty much. It. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's already turning black and all that. So it's, it's no circulation anymore.
0: Maybe that's why SEMA decided not to uh, send you a badge this year. That could be, that could be, yeah.
1: My rambunctious, obnoxious behavior with Chip Foose.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's been an interesting year for us um, at V8 Speed and Resto and at V8 TV because, you know, we've expanded quite a bit this past year and um, a lot of things are are being developed as far as uh, what's going on. So, there you doing, bud. see you, brother. Are you being taken care of at Riyadh? Totally, 100%. Cool, let me know what you need. You got it. Thank you. All right, so part of... Sorry about the uh, the predicted interruption. Uh, right. But just uh, was greeted by Mr. Bud Brutzman, who is the uh, producer of favorite shows like Overhauling and uh, some of the other oh, big ones you've right seen on, on. on uh, Discovery and other networks. Sure. Yeah, yeah. He just walked past and said hello. So, hello from All Bud. Right. Well, how you doing, Bud? Yeah, I'll tell him he said hi. Right on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so where were we? Um, yeah, so we went through a lot, and, and we tried to... Uh, Uh, Bring some of our team out here every year to the show and this year things are just so uh, uh, Different with the way the shops running and and you know our ability to be able to send the team that we we scaled back quite a bit um, for no real other reason of uh, logistics and and having the financial resources to bring everybody uh, but we've already got a plan in place for next year where we think we're going to offer a, uh, a bit of a savings program for the guys uh, on our on our crew to where they could set aside. You know, we, we might be able to set aside a few bucks out of their check every week. And then a year from now, they'll have money to go and done, right? Oh, cool. Right on. Yeah, yeah. So, yes, this year it's just Kelly and I kind of flying solo. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that doesn't mean we've got any any less to do. This is a this is a huge year uh, for me personally, which I'm just so fortunate and blessed to have the opportunities that I've been afforded. Um, so doing doing a lot of work for SEMA this year, uh, the whole week, and um, just came from some rehearsals on some of the stuff, and uh, and, and really just. Uh, still kind of blown away that that I can do this, you know, and especially as I stand here and look around and see the people that are actually working, you know, they're actually building displays and they've actually, you know, done a lot and uh, my role is uh, primarily, you know, host and and MC, which um, to me, just because I, uh, you know, for whatever reason, it doesn't feel like work. It's fun for me, so again, Uh it's just icing on the cake, so...
1: Well yeah, I'm a, a you're um, you're also you're hosting the big Seema reveal tomorrow as well like as you've done in the past, correct?
0: Yes, yeah. Super looking forward to that. The Seema reveal is a special event that um, I I was fortunate enough to be the the first guy to ever host this thing. You know, the first time they ever did it was uh, involving me. And what it is, if you haven't seen or heard anything on it, the reveal is fun because as the show is being you know, finished off on the assembly side and, and booths are being polished up and everybody's kind of finished, the team at SEMA decided it'd be really cool to bring in a handful of the uh, the higher profile vehicles and run them across the stage before they go into the show, you know, because they were going to go into the mm-hmm. show no matter what. So let's not make a little spectacle out of it, you know. And yeah, yeah. They uh, have lined up a handful of—I uh, think we've got nine nine vehicles this year—and there's a live band and a stage, and, and I'm in a tuxedo, and yeah. you know it, it's it's very uh, red carpet, you know, and the whole thing. And the other component mm-hmm. of the SEMA reveal is that it's a big thank you, uh, because it it also encompasses the uh, exhibitor appreciation dinner banquet so all the people that have been here in some cases for over a week putting up their displays um, they're invited when they're finished to come out and have a drink and eat and, and hang out and relax for a little bit before the show still, you know opens up officially on tuesday morning and the entertainment that is provided is the reveal so it's really cool you got a mix of everybody there there's exhibitors there's oh. media you've got some car builders and everything else and for whatever reason, they entrusted me to be the, the MC and the host of this thing and to kind of manage the flow. And uh, I look at it, it kind of dawned on me the other night because um, I'm a slow learner. But, uh, <laughs> you know, one of the things, like, like many of us, one of the things that I've always thought would be really fun to do would be to kind of host a variety show, right? Ooh, you know? Yeah. Johnny Carson, you know, was the best, in oh, my yeah. opinion. And what did he have? A variety show. So he, he had a great band. He had great guests. He had an audience. Well, that's what the SEMA reveal is. <laughs> and believe me, I'm no Johnny Carson. I'm not trying to say that.
1: Uh, <laughs> no, but come on, man. There's only one Johnny. But again, then again, there's only one Kevin Oste. So
0: well, that's a, all right. That's a good thing because if there was a bunch of us running around, it'd be bad. Uh, but so we have all the elements. You know, we've got uh, a great band that's on stage, and and again, I get to. Uh, kind of shepherd this thing through and our, our entertainment is the band, but also the cars and the builders and we sure. got a great audience and uh, That's what it is. So uh, it, it, it secretly has made one of my uh, you know, all-time bucket list kind of dream things come true uh, And it couldn't it couldn't be cooler that it is at the the biggest and best automotive You know event in the world in the aftermarket side, you know, it's just it's tremendous So I'm very much For looking sure. forward to the reveal.
1: For sure. So the, the SEMA banquet, is that before or after the reveal?
0: The banquet, so this is, um, again, I, I lucked into that one too. Um, I, the banquet is on Thursday night. It's coming up later in the week. Oh, okay. And uh, the chronology of events this week is first, the whole show, not open to the public, but uh, the, kind of the first event is the SEMA reveal. So I get to be at the, the, mm-hmm. he, the head of it there. Uh, Tuesday morning, before the show opens, is the new products uh, awards banquet, and that is a breakfast. And oh, right, there is a system of voting for the. They're going to have over three thousand new products on display here, and a great, a great many of those are uh, uh, are on uh, in competition, if you will, to where they're put on display, and then people get to vote on them. From the industry uh, and choose which ones are, are the best new products throughout 16 different categories and on Tuesday morning they launched the show with this banquet that celebrates and presents awards to the top new products three in each category uh, which is really cool because you know a lot of people have been developing new stuff and trying to bring it to market and all the new stuff comes out here so that's a very Mm -hmm. fun event for me to be involved with and this year we got a special guest uh, uh, Jay Leno is gonna be on stage um, interviewed by uh, a gentleman named Ken Gross who used to be the curator at the Peterson Museum Ken's a great automotive writer and historian so we got both those guys on stage as entertainment uh, in addition to handing out those awards so that's Tuesday morning right after that uh, from Tuesday through Friday I'll be at the same spot I'm standing at right now which is the SEMA Central stage area Mm -hmm. in the grand lobby and that's Uh going to be doing interviews and and uh chatting with different industry notables and celebrities and stuff i know leno will be back here again so i'll I'll have some personal Mm -hmm. one-on-one interview time with him Mm -hmm. uh and david freiberger and uh uh, a lot of the the builders and 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 other notable celebrities from the automotive industry will be stopping by and, and we'll be chatting with them uh they changed the format on us a little bit this year, which is fun. It used to be, and you might have seen some videos that SEMA put out. It was basically two stools on a stage and people walking by in the background and you know we would do this right. interview style. Well, this year, mm-hmm. they built almost a garage setting uh, with like big storage containers and stuff, and the stage has two 50-style vintage lounge chairs Oh so nice. It's time to kick back, right? It's great. Um, so I'll be sitting back and, and chilling with a lot of our guests instead of sitting on the stool. It's a little less formal. So okay. uh, you know, again now I get kind of a mini talk show that I get to sit there, you know, only thing that's great, man. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's cool. And it's that is, I love it. The only thing that's missing is a desk, you know, but it's kinda of laid back, you know, I guess Merv Griffin was more laid back than uh than that so, all oh, right. That'll right. that'll be all week, and then uh, uh, Thursday night is the industry awards banquet. So this is not product related. This is more people related and company related. Okay, and it's known as the SEMA banquet, and I'm co-hosting this year with Jared Deanda, and uh, it'll be a lot of fun. It's a it's a big show. There's 3,500 people there, and and um, uh, the entertainment this year is the Blue Man Group. So they're going to be doing a lot of you know, antics that they do throughout the show, and we, sure. re- we recognize uh, uh, people like the SEMA person of the year, and also we recognize the Hall of Fame members this year that were inducted earlier, and uh, recognize companies and, and different SEMA businesses, so that, that's mm-hmm. a big deal. Um, that, as Dave McClellan says, is the big show, you know, so he, uh-huh. he hosted that for 40 years, and change oh God. yeah and never in my life did I think I would have the opportunity to uh, step into that role um, and this year like I said I'm sharing it with with Jared and Jared's been doing it for mm-hmm. a few years he did it with Jesse Combs we had talked about that before um, right so uh, Jared and I are he's also working with me on the uh, new products breakfast so That's the rehearsal I just came out of, was hanging out with Jared and kind of going through some of that stuff. And he's great to work with. It's going to be a lot of fun. Cool, man. So that's the banquet. And then, uh, not done yet, another day Friday of SEMA Central and Friday afternoon uh, co-hosting the SEMA Cruise with Joe Sebergandio. Joe's a good friend and uh, has been doing the SEMA Cruise for quite a long time. I did that last year, if you recall. Uh, and that's yeah. where all, all the vehicles leave the SEMA show and drive mm-hmm. out of the out of the building and go to the SEMA Ignited event, which is another crazy big show. And you know, the SEMA cruise to me is probably one of the most fun things uh, that that uh, I, I get to do here. But it, it's also one of the most challenging because. Uh-huh. The stuff's coming at you, and it's totally random. Could be a Porsche 356 Speedster, followed by a '69 Camaro, followed by a new Ford Raptor that's been done up as an off-road race truck, and a lifted truck oh, next. And here comes a Jeep, you know, because it's everything from the show, which is all markets of, of aftermarket sure. uh, styling and performance. Um, so, you know I make a lot of stuff up, is what that means on that one, for sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're good ad libber. That's good. Well, you know the internet
0: the internet tells you if you're a good ad libber or not, and I, I don't know. Have we talked about the SEMA cruise much on on Viet radio in the past?
1: Um, not not a ton. I, I think we did mention um, I think our last trivia question when you asked me what a CJ stand for for right? uh, the Jeep.
0: Yeah, right, right. And
1: when you were telling me how much you got roasted about how much you didn't know about Jeeps, as they were all as there's like nothing but Jeeps piling yes. out through the SEMA Cruise.
0: Yes. Well, that's still true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because we're looking at, again, I don't know, a couple thousand cars that are coming out of the show. All right. So from, from you know, my vantage point right here, I see, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, you know, nine, ten, ten different Jeeps, you know, already right here. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it makes perfect sense because the, the Jeep is such a great platform to customize right. you know it's a blank canvas when you buy it everything is available oh for sure so yeah. really all that means is this past year i had to do a lot of homework to learn more about the jeep culture and and mm-hmm. lifted trucks you know that's another one that's real huge here uh the truck mm-hmm. truck market is bigger than the jeep market so you get a lot mm-hmm. of those uh, and i'll be good at uh hopefully at, at, at tap dancing and making stuff up as these things roll by <laughs> <laughs> right on <laughs> yeah you know,
1: this all this also marks the one year anniversary of me walking into the sema grand uh, central stage there and seeing one kevin osi up there talking and looking at me and saying is there anyone who is here at sema for the first time and as i hide behind trevor I get pointed at, you, sir, you said this is your first time here at SEMA.
0: Yeah, right, I Why don't you come that. on
1: up on stage and tell us what you think so far? I'm like, ah, the man.
0: I remember it vividly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that was fun. and
1: that, that was really fun.
0: You you were not a plant because it was your first year, right?
1: Correct. I don't need you back in the And
0: Correct, yeah. Uh, yeah, so in the, in the morning uh, before the doors open, the doors open at like nine and they let people into the lobby at like seven thirty or eight o'clock or something. Right. So you get a lot of people that are waiting, you know, in anticipation to go in. And one of my, uh, uh, functions that I'm tasked with is, you know, providing information about the show and kind of counting down to when the doors open and all that stuff. And I thought it was always fun to pull somebody out of the crowd and, Chat with him for a minute, and you happen to be the unlucky victim at that very moment. How about that? <laughs> right. <on.
1: laughs> oh, no, that was a good time. I appreciated that.
0: <laughs> well, hopefully, enhancing your first time Sema experience of uh, you know getting called out. Oh
1: yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was good stuff.
0: Well, the show is is you know bigger than it ever was. So you you saw it last year. This year, there's even more, and uh, it's interesting because across the street from the Vegas Convention Center. They're building a whole additional convention center. Um, Are they really? Yeah, and I learned from an Uber driver uh, yesterday that the the Las Vegas convention board, or the center at least here, they turned down between 35 and 40 additional conventions last year because they did not have the space. Oh my gosh. Can you believe that? no that's unbelievable it is unbelievable and there's there's millions and millions of available square footage every day of the week and they're all jammed so i think they did an analysis and they said well how how you know how much we're we losing by not being able to house these additional uh, mm-hmm. conventions and it was something like you know a trillion dollars you know some crazy Whoa. amount of money uh, and they said, well, how much would it cost to build a new convention center? And they're like, oh, it's going to be 250 million. And they're like, done, done. Start today.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Get the earth movers now.
0: Right. Get going. Yes. I was saying,
1: uh, talk about the, the, the SEMA thrash that's going on over there. That's, that's crazy. I mean, it's gotta be everywhere with all every builder, every vendor that's trying to set up all the, all the, all the help trying to, uh, get everything in, in place.
0: It's really incredible. Is, um, Just, uh, you know, you you hit all the the nails on the heads. And Kelly and I uh, went for breakfast this morning and drove around the backside of the convention center where uh, there's a whole bunch of cars stacked up waiting to come in. And you look at the hundreds of of show vehicles that are, you know, just the logistics of getting things in and out. And then to think Mm -hmm. back, you know, two clicks behind that, you know, half of these probably were disassembled a week ago, you know? (laughs) <laughs> yeah,
1: well, it's funny you should say that. I, I was watching, not not to beat this whole Chip thing up, but uh, I happened to be watching a YouTube video uh, from Foos uh, Performance, or Foos Designs, and um, he's bringing a 69 LT4 Camaro as well as a 74 Jag E-Type out there this year. And this video, yeah, this video was published on Friday, and it ended with him saying, well, today's Friday, we have to get these cars to SEMA by Sunday. And he was standing next to this E-Type that was all painted a completely bare body shell. Yep, And yep. it's gotta be completed, assembled, at the show by Sunday. And that's, it was Friday, I mean, two days ago.
0: Right, that's yeah. correct. Uh, and the amazing thing about that is uh, that E-Type he was uh, planning on unveiling that last year here at the SEMA reveal, and he had that's mentioned right. that in the interview that it just—they're waiting on Jaguar parts from overseas—and that's when I pointed mm-hmm. out that yes, even Chip Foose waits for parts.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's he brought that '57 Chevy instead.
0: Right, right, and right. he he pointed out the math that that these builders go through, and we've been there. We've done I think we've done ten SEMA cars over the years at this point, mm-hmm. but. Uh, and he might have mentioned it in the video that you just watched. I didn't see that one. But when he says, I've got nine guys, and everybody can do a 10-hour day or an eight-hour mm-hmm. day, and it's Friday. So that's uh, nine times eight, that's 72 hours, right? Over three days right. to get to Sunday. But we're going to work 24 hours a day. So, <laughs> oh. <laughs> so there's, there's, there's 250 hours or 300 hours left before that thing Oof. can go of man hours. And they take every one of them. And it's, mm-hmm. not, it's not because they intentionally pushed that deadline to the end. It's that you need to take every second you have to make mm-hmm. this, this car or these cars or this booth display as nice as it can be to go right. on, on display here at the big show. So uh, Yeah, I mean, you, you might have something you
1: think is done, look at it and say, that could be better. And you have to redo the whole thing.
0: Yeah, and I think what we find um, in our history of, of building cars for this show in particular is that the thing that holds you up is always out of sequence. So, for example, mm-hmm. n- you know, you got to put this one part on, and there's going to be 50 steps after that to get to the finish line. But that one part is the one you're waiting on. So, everything mm-hmm. else is in hold. You know, so for example, you can't, you got to have the carpet. To be able to put the seats in and, and the rest mm-hmm. of the stuff. And, and the carpet is the one that got shipped to the wrong shop or something. You know? Ah,
1: sure. That it's, makes
0: it, sense. It's rarely um, that you are still painting or fabricating or building something. I mean, usually everything's finished. It's just something's holding up the assembly uh, when it gets to that point. And as you pointed you. out, uh, you know, the, the Jaguar looked like it was painted and just needed to be put back together.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but it really. Really, you know, painted a picture of what they go through to get these cars ready for this show, and how much, and how, like you said, they take every available minute afforded to them to do it. Not right. I mean, just, I mean, they're not sitting on this thing a month out, saying, "Ah, oh, it's all done, we're good." I mean, I mean, they're probably polishing it up as, as it's going up the, up into the ramp truck for crying out loud.
0: Yeah, you're right. You're right. And and so now you can understand the level of of you know i guess how highly revered and respected this show is this show mm-hmm. is is insanely important to businesses and builders yeah. you know and, and everybody else so mm-hmm. when they they call me and they say hey we need you to work this thing i go oh my gosh <laughs> 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 But at least, yeah. you know, I, I get that because I've been there. You know, I, I, mm-hmm. I've, I've covered this show from a media standpoint, doing, you know, booth interviews. We've had cars on display. Uh, mm-hmm. I have not had a uh, an exhibit, so I have not done that part. Our shop has not mm-hmm. displayed here because it takes quite a bit of, uh, uh, of resources to make that happen. And I don't sell mm-hmm. parts, you know, per se. right and being uh, an industry only I mean the whole purpose of this event is to connect manufacturers with buyers sellers and retailers so that those channels can be put in place so people like you and I that are consumers can eventually get our hands on these parts so Mm -hmm. my business where I fit in from a shop standpoint is what we do we build cars and work with manufacturers to get them on display here Someday it'd be kind of neat, though, to be, to be part of a team that, that does the, uh, the booth display as well. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that would be fun. But, yeah, yeah would, so it, it's a big no. deal, you know, and, and that, that Jag, by the way, from what I've seen, is just over the top.
1: Oh, I mean, just the, the renderings that they showed of it, it looks so beautiful, so beautiful. I mean, it's a beautiful car in its own right from the factory, but from the, the foos touches he's done to it, it just it looks just breathtaking.
0: Well, and that that's a hard car to pick on because it is so nice. It is it's mm-hmm. widely known as one of the best designs ever, and mm-hmm. it, it, it takes somebody that's going to take a leap to be able to mm-hmm. push the lines around and stretch things out and, and uh, do what he did. Uh, but if anybody could pull it off, it's going to be Mr. Foos. Yeah, he sure can. He sure can.
1: Yeah, I think that's going to be at the BASF booth. So if you see it, if you see it, take a picture of it. I love to I love to see the finished product.
0: Oh, there will be pictures, my friend. That's for sure. Right. I, I, I might not be the guy taking them, but that one's going to get photographed. But, you know, what's no, funny yeah, is uh, I did see a little bit of backlash on that car, of course, you know, because everybody's yeah. got their opinion. Uh, right. But he, he ended up running an LS motor in that and not the sure Jag v, V12. Mm-hmm. So I, I would like to ask him about that decision.
1: Well, he probably wants it to run. From what I understand, <laughs> the V12 is pretty finicky. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it would be... So here's my take. Believe me, I'm, I'm not Chip Foose, but, but our shop can make just about anything run. Mm. Um, it's like that line from Apollo 13, the movie where uh, Jim Lovell is, you know, and the, and the Apollo 13 crew is concerned with being able to re enter <laughs> the atmosphere. And they, they show Jim Lovell's mom, and she said, if you could get a washing machine to fly, my jimmy well, could land it, you know. That's right. That's how I feel about our team, you know. If it, if uh-huh. it is possible to run, we could make it run. Uh-huh. And, and how cool would it be to make that V12 be a high-tech, uh, you know, fuel-injected, digitally igni- ignited, you know, machine with high-tech coatings and and everything yeah. it needed to really sing. And knowing the FUS operation... And the customer probably has the resources to finance an engine like that. To me, it seems yeah. like that 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 could have happened, right? So I'm yeah, it,
1: it, I'm sure it could have. So, but I mean, maybe the owner has has their reasons for wanting the LS in it, but uh, maybe just for the fact that. They could drive it, and if something breaks down, they could probably get the part at AutoZone for yeah. out loud versus having to get it from England, if it's <laughs> yeah. even available from England.
0: Well, that would be the only part on that car. <laughs> you get at AutoZone as a... Yeah, right. Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly.
0: Something from an LS. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you're right. Uh, you know, if it's got... I don't know the specifics of what LS engine's going in it, but if it's a 5.3 or a 6.0 liter or an aluminum 6.2 or something, it's definitely going to outrun that 12-cylinder jig. Mm.
1: But I wonder if that car, um, it'd be neat if that owner took, takes that car on the power tour after it's all done uh, being displayed.
0: That would be fantastic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just knowing knowing how power tours can be tough on cars, coming from a guy who broke mine a million times uh, <laughs> yeah, on power no tour. Doubt. Uh, and I guess they just released the, the routes and the dates, right?
1: Yeah, they sure have, yeah. Uh, June 7th uh, through the 13th. Going through the uh, the heartland of America, from uh, Norwalk all the way down to or up to uh, Madison, Wisconsin, is where it ends up, and it's going to be in your backyard, right at Gateway Park, in the middle of it all.
0: Oh, right on! Do you have the specific list of cities in front of you? Because I have not seen it. Yet. I,
1: I do, I do. June seventh going to be at Norwalk at Summit Motorsports Park. June eighth at Montgomery City Fairgrounds in uh, Dayton, Ohio. June 9th, Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Mm. June 10th, Gateway Park in St. Louis. June 11th, uh, the State Farm Center in Champaign, Illinois. June 12th, Mississippi Valley Fairgrounds in Davenport, Iowa. And the finale, June 13th at the Alliant Energy Center in Madison, Wisconsin.
0: Wow. So starting off two cities in Ohio, your home state.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dayton and uh, what the? uh, 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 Norwalk. uh, Norwalk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's actually not far from where I grew up. About an hour,
0: hour and a half. Norwalk, of course, is where um, the very first power tour I was ever on uh, ended at Norwalk.
1: Oh, is that right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've ah, been to been that track many times, uh, covering NMCA races and, and power tours and stuff. So, Ooh. it's an interesting route. Um, I've seen a lot of people. You know, now that you uh, you know mention the cities, I haven't. This is the first I've seen of all the cities on the route, but I saw a lot of social media chatter about people saying what are we doing in the midwest again with nothing you know here we are (laughs) uh and uh, it's like well i think because the thing is so big it's it's venue limited you know you don't have a lot of opportunities to just go wherever you want
1: yeah that makes a lot of sense it is i mean thousands literally thousands and thousands of cars uh trying to caravan you know across the u.s we who's going to hold them all i mean you, you have to have a giant parking lot like, right. Uh, I mean, you could probably go to you know any uh, baseball stadium or football stadium. Um, it, it, you know, if it's off season, depending on where you're going, depending anywhere in the U.S. But I mean, that's not the only places you go. You want to go to like a, a, an automotive centric kind of a place. I mean, like in Norwalk, you want you want to do that. You want to go to Indianapolis. Right. So to to, to hold your event.
0: Right. And so you I know. get that. I guess they've been to baseball stadiums in the past. It's certainly mm. in the very, you know, in the, to use a bad pun, in the swing of the baseball season, though, <laughs> in the beginning of June. Right. I remember going to uh, Arlington, Texas, to the to the stadium there. But it was only used as a parking lot. You know, it's like, here's this great big parking lot and a baseball stadium that's closed. So that, <laughs> yeah. that wasn't that spectacular of a location. Mm-hmm. Um but, regardless, to me, it doesn't matter if it went to, uh, you know, a cornfield somewhere. It is a tremendous mm-hmm. event, and it's totally worth doing.
1: Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, yeah, hopefully, you know, it's, it's a goal this year. That maybe I can uh, drive this big golden beast that's sitting behind me through a few of these stops.
0: Yeah, right on, right on. Well, yeah, so make, you know, your, 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 your parts are coming together. You're just uh, yeah. yeah. I'm sure you're missing a few other things, but you're, you're, getting, yeah. you're getting closer to the starting line.
1: Yep. I'm way closer than I was, you know, a month ago. Way closer. Still need uh, a few things to happen, but uh, I think I can make it happen.
0: Well, our friends at ARP and at uh, the Comp Performance Group are all here, uh, and I will certainly tell them you said hello and that you're running all their stuff, and they'll be happy Yeah, to for that. sure.
1: Yeah, send, send my thanks to uh, having these great products for me.
0: Um, so. so we are at, like, what, seven months to power tour Yeah.
1: Yeah, thereabouts, yeah. It's November oh, now. Oh,
0: boy. Oh, boy.
1: Yeah, the, the Power Tour thrash begins now. Yeah, we're, that's
0: it, man. We're talking about the SEMA thrash kind of ending right now. Well, let's start another one.
1: Yeah, why not? <laughs> keeps you healthy, keeps you vibrant.
0: Well, you and I had talked about uh, how cool it would be, and, and our friend Paul, you know, we mentioned a previous show about, uh, right. about Power Tour 2021 being... An anniversary year for the '96 tour that that started it all for me. I don't uh-huh. know. Uh, and since then, all three of our cars are still down. Uh, my nah. uh, my Galaxy is uh, still sitting there with broken transmission. But this week, I plan on talking with our friend uh, Bruce Kucher at Modern Driveline about that five-speed swap. Oh, sweet! Uh, I'm really. Uh, that's looking to me more and more like something I definitely want to do. And uh, I have I have two uh, uh, other you know thoughts you know there is things i always like to repurpose right so the galaxy has a 4r 70w electronic overdrive transmission automatic which Mm -hmm. is great and it's hurt and i'm gonna pull that out and i was thinking maybe i could sell that thing but you know what i think i might do is actually Hmm. get that thing fixed and maybe put it in my buick oh really yeah because the 4r 70w is a very capable Transmission, they're rated at 700 foot pounds from the factory. Oh, psh, perfect. And I recently looked at a car for a customer of ours, um, a 69 Oldsmobile, it was a Hearst clone, but it had a 455 and a Ford AOD automatic transmission behind a 455 yes. Oldsmobile. And I said, How the heck huh. did you do that? Huh. And somebody makes an adapter bell housing to be able to put that Ford transmission. So I thought, well, heck, I've got the 4R70W, which has that same pattern. I already have a controller for it. Maybe it goes in the Buick.
1: Hmm, that'd be pretty neat.
0: It's smaller than the 4L80 GM series as well, so okay, the, my,
1: should fit. Okay.
0: Yeah, it's got a turbo 400 in there now, but right. the the. Uh, buick riviera has an x frame so anything we do has to be narrow enough to fit inside that frame oh Um, right and my galaxy being a convertible has an x frame it's got a big brace in the middle and it fits beautifully Mm -hmm. in that thing so you know maybe we just port that sucker over from one car to the next and put the manual in the galaxy
1: cool yeah yeah have overdrive in the in the rib that'd be great be a nice long hauler
0: yeah, and the, the W on the 4R70W part means wide ratio, so the first two gears are actually designed to get SUVs and trucks off the line faster, and that's exactly what the Riviera needs is something a little bit yeah. numerically higher. So.
1: Cool, man. Yeah, I say do that.
0: You uh, have my blessing. <laughs> yeah, so that might the Riv might be Power Tour 2020. You know, the Galaxy because I know how this is going to go. It's going to be like, mm-hmm. well, I pulled the trans out, but I do want to change the fuel injection, and I do want to maybe uh, change I the see. seats out. And you know, you know, next thing you know, the whole thing's going to be apart. So,
1: yeah, but your 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 Galaxy has air conditioning, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, the top goes down.
1: Well, I mean, besides <laughs> that, I mean, if it's you know 700 degrees out. Yeah, you don't no. necessarily want the sun on you.
0: Actually, the galaxy does not have AC, and that's Ooh. one of the, it's one of the things I wanted to add was an under dash unit, uh, like a right. vintage air uh, uh, Mark IV. You know, mm-hmm. to be able to uh, to cool off going down the road because you're right the, the the trip gets hot and that's a that yeah. is a uh, a black interior car so you know mm-hmm. all it does is get hotter in the sunlight and it doesn't exactly. matter if the top is up or down but mm-hmm. uh, things get hot so. That's part of the might-as-well syndrome. Got it apart, might as well right. put air in it.
1: Yeah, and, and I know your rib doesn't have air either, does it?
0: No, so I have to resist the temptation on that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although yeah, I, did, I, think... I did talk to uh, our friends at Vintage Air about, you know, maybe doing a... That would be a Gen 4 system in that, Universal, because <laughs> they don't make a kit for it. Um, okay. I don't know, there's always stuff to do, you know that.
1: Oh, boy, I do know that.
0: Was your GTO an air car originally? I don't remember.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sure, was factory air, factory power steering, uh, manual brakes. Was the factory options on that?
0: That's right. Do you still have the air stuff for that thing?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, it's all intact. It worked the last time the car ran. The air worked.
0: Oh right on. Oh that's awesome. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it is great. It, and I, I didn't take the compressor off or anything when I took the engine out. It's still, still all in the engine bay, all intact. So I didn't want it to get dirty and, you know, corrode or anything.
0: Right. 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 So. Well, speaking of GTOs, uh, Mm -hmm. so I'm standing here at the SEMA show, and pretty soon you, my friend, are going to be standing at the Muscle Car and Corvette Nationals in my stead. Uh, That's right. Doing interviews with uh, notable car owners and also pulling the cover off cars and presenting them. And one of those is going to be the Blue 67 GTO that we're finishing up at our shop right now.
1: Oh, man, I am stoked about this, too, man. I've been I've been studying and everything. I've been working on this. So really? I'll make you proud. Right yeah.
0: Oh, I'm not oh, yeah, worried about it. You're going to do a great job. This is
1: important to me. This is important. So I, I want to do well. So...
0: Well, it's it, I'm glad that you 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 know have an importance level on it cuz that that still is my favorite show to go to and, and be mm-hmm. part of. Uh, uh oh. especially car show. I mean, Sema is an in, I look at it as an industry show. You know, it's a mm-hmm. different animal than uh the mm-hmm. McCacken show, the Mustang Corvette Nationals cuz that is that is individuals bringing their cars on display and yeah. it's not not a trade thing. Right. Um, this is
1: an an enthusiast yeah. show. Not totally. a, not a trade show. Yeah. All day long.
0: And the people are so great and the cars are mm-hmm. so awesome and and i've been to I, I missed one i missed the first one as a matter of fact but i've been there every year since and this mm-hmm. year i'm going to be out of the country so i'm going to miss right. it and uh... i called uh, bob ashton uh... who runs the show and said dude i got a i got a problem because i am not going to be at the show but i have a potential solution with uh... with mr mike cubal clark stepping in and, and he was wide open to that so i'm glad that uh... Uh, I, I, you know you hate to leave somebody hanging especially on a show that, that is that cool so
1: yeah yeah I appreciate Bob uh, being receptive to that that was uh, that was very cool so yeah and, and, and you know we met we've met Bob a few I've met Bob a few times and we um, you know we tried to do a show with him but unfortunately the uh, we had technical difficulties and couldn't release it but he's he's very gracious you know gave us an hour of his time when he's running around. You know, like like a crazy person trying to put out fires and get things done during the show. But, you know, he took the time to talk to us, so that was really nice. Right,
0: he's a great guy. And the whole management team of that event are all really great. They're very nice people. They're they're real car guys. They understand, uh, you know, they're owners of cars. They're they're not just trying to promote some dog and pony Mm -hmm. show. This is really an enthusiast-based event. Yeah. And it's going to be fun for you, totally, because uh, Ben, our cameraman, will be there. But also, um, so Trevor and Tyler will be manning the GTO. They're going to be bringing it up. And then uh, a lot of our crew guys are going. So Jeff the painter and Brett the fabricator and Tim the body man. Uh, these right. are all guys that built that car, and they're all going to be there, um, which is awesome. So you guys are going to have a lot of fun. And, uh, oh, we are. You know, oh, Yeah.
1: Yeah, they're good guys too. I like all those guys. I mean, we saw I saw them last time at Trevor's wedding, and uh, we all had a great time. So it'll be it'll be terrific.
0: Yep, and there are more guys that are are adding on to the list of, of participants as well. We, we we threw it out there to them, you know, that that we would cover the trip uh, if they mm-hmm. wanted to go and help out and hang out. So that that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really going to miss that show. So um, hopefully, well, you we
1: you're. Can... you're you're going to be doing some cool stuff yourself, so I'm sure you're going to be focused on that. And I don't think you're going to have a whole lot of time to miss it. Maybe afterwards, but during your 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 stint in uh, in the kingdom, you'll be you'll be very occupied.
0: That is uh, probably an understatement, but you're right. And <laughs> and the cool thing though is that you and Ben are going to so shoot some awesome video. Mm-hmm. And you shoot some, uh, uh, interview some very cool people, and, and I get to watch all that. I get to be a consumer of, of V8 TV and Muscle Car of the Week awesome. media, having not been there to produce it. So that'll be fun. That will be fun.
1: I, I hope that uh, I keep things up to your uh, your strict standards of, uh, of performance. Y-
0: you're making so, history. Uh, you're, you're making V8 history right there, pal. How about that? <laughs> 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 oh, that's fantastic, and, and our friend right uh, uh, Dan Vasek, who uh, uh, is um, the chairman, if you will, of a post sedan big block uh, Chevrolet and GM display. Uh, if you've seen any right. of our Muscle Car of the Week videos, you know Dan has always been an interview with his displays. He uh, he's going to be there, and was texting me saying, "Hey man, uh, when uh, <laughs> when are we going to do our interview? Because I got some great cars and." Uh, I told him that I'm not going to be there, but you're going to step in. And he's like, okay, see you later, whatever. (laughs) <laughs> oh, really? Oh, <laughs> so he's looking forward to, to, you know, getting close to you this time because apparently, you know, I had a camera, so he liked me, but now I'm out. you're Oh, in. So, I see. Okay. So, so that, has, I got that has shifted. So, yeah, the McCacken show is going to be great. And then, interestingly, uh, uh, that weekend is going to be a lot of fun, and then the GTO gets delivered to its owner. The owner is going to be there, and, and, it's you know, the crew is all excited. We're doing a, an unveiling for the owner. We're going to cover the car mm-hmm. up and pull the cover, and... Uh, uh, you, I guess, uh, uh, are, are not only very active in that, but but thank you for helping out with getting a crowd. I guess some of the Cruising Tigers GTO Club guys will be there.
1: Yeah, correct. I, uh, I spoke with Paul Weinstein uh, of the Cruising Tigers, who organizes the uh, Cruising Tigers uh, Indian Uprising show every year, and we're going to get some club members out there to, to be part of that unveiling. So it's going to be it's going to be a real uh, a real good moment for for the owners.
0: I hope they like LS Power GTOs. Ah! <laughs> no, I'm kidding, folks. Keep your pitchforks un- un- unlit. Please extinguish
1: your torches. <laughs> yeah. no,
0: this one's all Pontiac all the time, so uh, mm-hmm. uh, I hope they dig the car.
1: Oh, how can you not? That thing is beautiful. I got my first good look at it um, at the cruising, uh, the driving cruise. Yeah. Um, when you uh, trailered it out there and put it on display, uh, with you know the paint was all done, the interior was out of it, but uh, it was running. It started. It ran and drove. Yeah. Um, well, but it was it was beautiful. Oof.
0: Thank you, thank you, Mike. Mike Bass, one of our technicians who's doing a lot of the wrench work, finishing that car up, uh, described it interestingly. He said it's crisp, which I loved. Ooh. Because the I trim like is real nice and and. Uh, the interior is very fresh. You know, it's all new and, mm-hmm. and very crisp. It's a great word to describe it.
1: That is great word. Yeah. We, we had a little,
0: we had a little left turn on that thing last week. Um, so this particular car, it's a '67 GTO 400 Turbo 400 four-barrel AC car originally, and mm-hmm. it still has its original engine. And the engine was rebuilt in I think 1989. Oh wow! But it had less than a thousand miles on it. So uh, the owner drove it and parked it, and then had his life, and then it came to us to be restored. And the car, when it came to us, it looked like it came out of the bottom of a lake. I mean, it was it was a mess.
1: Yeah, um, a little we'll, bit.
0: We'll have uh, pictures. and I'm trying to get a signboard done, so that you know people can see the before on this thing. Cool. Uh, and we inspected the engine. We we took the pan off and pulled the heads, and you know measured tolerances and just made sure that it was still. Pretty much happy and then we just kind of cleaned it up and put it back together mm-hmm. and we ran it when it first arrived uh believe it or not we were able to pour gas down the the quadrajet and light it off and it, it ran and it ran well so we thought okay we don't need to do any repair work on the engine but last week we uh took it for like one of its first drives uh, windshield mm-hmm. got put in and, and doing some driving and tuning it's a five-tech fuel injection system we want to make sure that that was all you know working properly And it made some noise, and it sputtered, and it died. Oh, no. Uh, Yeah, bent a push rod. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh uh-oh, right? Oh, no. Upon further analysis, we found out that when the rebuild happened, long before us, you know, three decades ago, Mm -hmm. somebody used a mismatch of uh, guide plates. Really? And there were three of them that had a different uh, part number on them, different stamping number. They were obviously made by a different company. And they had an inferior fit, and they wore away uh, uh, part of the push rod. The push rod was sliding up against them, up and down. And over time, it put a notch in that push rod, which eventually, I guess the lifter pumped up enough, bringing the RPM up, and that notch caught the push rod guide plate and bent the rod oof yeah but it did not cause any internal damage to the engine and we were able to identify the remaining ones and replace those three bad guide plates with some you know ones that were not some messed up correct good ones yeah uh, and put it back together and it's fine so oh good unexpected yeah. little uh, pucker factor there especially this close <sighs> to the completion date and reveal of the car. <laughs>
1: <there to> <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, funny you should mention that. Something similar happened to to my GTO. Shortly after I took delivery of it, it started making uh, a really awful mechanical noise, especially if you revved a little a little bit, and it sounded like it came from the valve train. And I popped the um, the valve cover off, and one of the rockers had the the nut the tightening nut worked its way loose and the rocker arm was loose and in its looseness allowed the push rod to get bent and mangled up. And yep. Luckily no, no real damage was done. I replaced the rocker arm, I replaced the push rod and all was fine. And until I you know, flattened the cable, that is.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then that.
1: <laughs> and then, the, yeah, and then that happened. Different, different cylinder, but uh, still happened. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, that that's what does happen, and you know you can't you can't really predict that stuff, especially if you're not the guy that, that right. put it together. But. And it's funny here here's me saying, oh yeah yeah we bet that push right so close to the show, and again being here at SEMA where things are uh, happening, they're still tightening cars up today, you know, <laughs> and right. this thing is starting effectively tomorrow. So <laughs> yeah, we, we've got a well, push. I mean,
1: that's why you, you test drive these things and, and do what you do and make sure everything is right before the owner takes delivery of them. I mean SEMA is kind of a different animal where you just need to get it off the truck into your display space. Right. Right. And yeah, maybe yeah. maybe doesn't go on the SEMA cruise if it's not ready. You just, you know, pack pack up and split and then and then you're able to, you know, really fine tune it and dial it in. So
0: Right. And we love to put time on them. You're right, because that, that's when these things shake loose or, or things break or whatever. But I'll tell you what. Uh, recently, we sent home that orange carousel red '76 Trans Am that came to our shop
1: mm-hmm. uh, that
0: hadn't been running a long time, and we put a, a Holley Sniper fuel injection unit on it, and, and the new floors, and, and yeah. some strange kind of you know context of repairs, a floor and fuel injection, you know, whatever. Right But, but uh, the owner, we didn't have many miles on that one. Um, we did a health check on the engine, you know, leaked down compression, ran it, mm-hmm. temperature was cool, everything was fine on it. And he flew in, I think we had 125 miles on that thing, and he drove it uh, from the middle of the country, I believe, home to Connecticut. you got to be kidding me. Nope. And he, you know, of course, we all sit there with uh, our fingers crossed and... and praying he doesn't have any difficulties when he got home he contacted us and he said hey i got a i got a question you know trevor said that i shouldn't really drive this thing over 75 or 80 miles an hour but i did almost all the way home and i made it no problem is everything okay <laughs> so uh gee yeah that was uh that was very that was great that even in a short period of of test miles um we were still able to nail it and the guy drove it home and made it safely yeah. so that was a good one
1: yeah i'm sure you're kind of hovering hovering around the phone waiting for it to ring like oh i hope this guy makes it holy cow yeah. that's got to be stressful though i mean i know you're confident in your abilities and what what the crew does but still that's a well, long drive on the on its maiden voyage
0: it is and and um, <laughs> They're, yes, you got confident in your ability, but you need confidence in the ability of the people that made the parts and, and anybody who did anything else uh, to make sure that everything not only you know works and fits, but stays together. You know, during mm-hmm. they call a shakedown for a reason. I mean, you're going mm-hmm. over bumps and things are loosening, and, and who knows? So between that one, there's been a couple fun ones that we sent home. That that uh, we did an LS3 conversion in a Corvette, and he drove that thing. 800 miles home, 750, Whew. something like that, and didn't have a hitch. And it was wonderful. The one that really, and we talked about this story in the past too, but the Comp Cam's Camaro was the one that kind of twisted me out of shape because they drove that home from uh, our shop to Memphis, which isn't that big of a drive, but they never called when they got there. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I actually,
1: I remember that. I remember when that happened. Yeah. I remember you telling me about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, they left it yeah, the, like...
0: Uh, you know, they, they left our shop at like a, 11 in the morning, and here it is like 8.30 at night. We still haven't heard anything, and I finally get a hold of these guys, and they're like, oh, yeah, no, we made it. It's in the garage. It's fine. Yeah, thanks. And I'm like, you guys were supposed to call me. <laughs> Sorry, Mom. <laughs> so we could breathe again. Yeah, exactly. Right. No doubt. But it was cool. Oh, it, my uh, goodness. It, uh, you know, again, it, I'm sure we would have heard something right away if it failed. No. That's the other thing. You, don't, yeah, you don't you don't want that call ten minutes later saying yeah I'm on the side of the road and the transmission's two miles <laughs> right. behind me or something. You know? <laughs>
1: yeah, that would not be ideal.
0: <laughs> that is not no. Oh, so man. yeah, cool. Well, I'm very excited about uh, your your deal at Mackackin and um, looking forward to that. Um, I will certainly get pictures for, of the uh, the Foose Jaguar. Uh, as it is, uh, and, and share them with you, and put them on the, on the Facebook page and everything else.
1: Appreciate that. How many SEMAs have you been to now?
0: Uh, this is my twenty third. Twenty
1: third.
0: Yeah. And for being so young, it's pretty quite remarkable. if you Think about it.
1: Uh, agreed. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you're you're still in your forties. You're twenty third. I mean, that's you're you're almost your your entire automotive career. You've been going to SEMA.
0: Well, I've been trying to tell people I'm 27, you know, but they, oh, Sorry. it's not, it's not, it's not working. It's cat's out of the bag. <laughs> uh, but you're right. I have done this show annually, repeatedly, more than I've done any one thing in my life. It's amazing. I've not worked at the same company that long. I've not lived in the same house that long. I've not. You know, you know Kelly and I've been married for 15 years. This, this is the singular event that i've done more than anything else you believe that
1: that's that's pretty remarkable
0: yeah it really yeah. is it's cool uh again i'm just super fortunate to have gone from a guy and i was thinking back to my first time you know when i was working for hot rod magazine and selling advertising in the mm-hmm. car craft and chevy high performance and walking right. in on that show floor for the first time you know the experience it blows your mind yeah
1: it, uh, it really does man how do, I, I mean it, it takes a minute to process everything to And even when you're all done, you got to think about what the heck just happened. And And that was quite an experience.
0: And I never would have envisioned uh, or imagined that I would be able to work for the event and contribute whatever it is that I contribute and be a part of the show and not just be an attendee. So Mm -hmm. that's that's the thing that I'm most grateful for. So uh, it's pretty cool. I appreciate it tremendously.
1: Oh, right on, I, and I know they know that you appreciate it, and I think that's a big reason why they they keep having you back, and not only the job you do for them, but what you bring to the table. So, good good on you for that.
0: Well, today I brought a cup of coffee and I brought my laptop to do this uh, podcast. That's what I brought, and it that's all we need right now, baby. <laughs> that's, that's all it. we need. All right. Well, let's uh, let's release the tension that is built up Ooh. among our listeners about yes, our uh, our uh, trivia contest here. So, um, right. I'll let you go first because you posed your question first. What's the answer okay, very to the good. question?
1: All right, Kevin, I asked you about uh, the SoCal Speedster, uh, SoCal Special Lakester, the belly tank uh, uh, salt flat racer. And I asked you what type of aircraft the drop tank came from. And there were two acceptable answers uh, to this question. Oh,
0: good. I got them both wrong.
1: Well, unfortunately, yeah, B twenty five is not one of the acceptable answers. Uh, I would have accepted either from a a P fifty one Mustang.
0: Oh, really? Or
1: yeah, or a P thirty eight Lightning. So Uh, the P
0: fighter planes. I'm
1: sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, The P fifty one was a smaller tank, and it it propelled that first Lakester to about a a, a record speed of about one hundred thirty one miles an hour. Nice. yeah, but the P thirty eight tank was a larger tank. Was able to fit a larger engine in there, and it went faster. I, th- I, I, I think it went close to two hundred. Um, wow. But yeah, the P thirty eight or P fifty one would have been acceptable answers. So there you go.
0: Well, that's a that's a great great question. A great piece of hot rod trivia that I I, I should have known.
1: That's now now you do.
0: And I guess, you know, logically, the smaller plane uh, needed the capacity. So uh, uh, now that I think about this, you, my friend, provided me with a copy of Chuck Yeager's book. Yes. And, and he flew a P-51 Mustang, known as the Glamorous Glennis, of course. Right. Um, and he talks about leaving the base in a European theater and flying to the, the area where they're going to go into dogfight combat. And mm-hmm. having to drop the tanks at that point exactly. before they engage. So that's why they had the tank, to get them where they needed to go. Exactly. Yeah, where, where was I an hour ago thinking about this? <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> how can I tell you?
1: You were at the SEMA desk drinking your coffee, yeah, giving right. directions. Yeah, answering
0: questions. Hold on, I have another gentleman here. Yes, sir. Right. Uh, yes, you want to go uh, right up the stairs, right behind us. There's a, a oh, circular shit. set of stairs, and there's some up there. Oh, yep. Uh, all right, so I just had to give this gentleman uh, directions to the the washroom, so I found my calling oh. here at SEMA. <laughs> <laughs> you have a new job. <laughs> yeah, because that one I knew the answer to.
1: <laughs> perfect, perfect.
0: Well, sure. that was a great question. Um, Thanks. A little aggravating when you almost know the answer, but uh, yeah. it's all good. Well, you
1: know what, I've, I've been trying to get away from questions like, what year did this happen, or just, you know, some just crazy minutiae stuff that... You could stump anybody on, but I'm trying to move toward questions that actually kind of educate and kind of get people, like oh, that's cool, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, right on. Well, that was a good one. Yeah, so. All right, Thank so you. to reciprocate with a piece of minutia, uh, <laughs> <All right. laughs> how fast is the 2020 GT500, and Mm -hmm. uh, you said it ran 10.33 in the quarter at 140 miles an hour, which is a rocket ship of a fast car. And uh, you were very, very close. Um, Yeah. uh, Evan Smith, Ford Ford guy and and also Mm -hmm. uh, magazine writer and and, uh, uh, web guy and a guy that I used to kind of work with at one point, he mm-hmm. piloted one just this past week to a 10.61 at mm. 133.21 miles an hour. Ooh, so, I, was,
1: I knew I was close.
0: Yes, 10.3 yeah. to 10.6. So you were super close, uh, almost close yeah. enough to give it to you. Um, nah. this, this question came to me as I was getting my bag as I arrived here in Las Vegas, and I saw Mr. Evan Smith on the other side of the baggage carousel, and I went, yeah, I just read about his achievements. So that's oh, where that cool. came from.
1: Right on. See, you, you come up with these, like, on the fly. I researched this, like, a week ago trying to figure this out. Really? And tried to word it just right. My gosh.
0: <laughs> well, uh, I mean, I'm times. fortunate enough to be around things, and I could look and see, you know, and that's what triggers right. me to think of this stuff. Like, right now, I'm looking at a—I'll I'll give this one away, but I'm looking at a top fuel car because the NHRA is setting up their booth kind of right here in this hallway. And there's a great trivia, trivia question— of how many NASCAR engines is the equivalent top fuel Hemi power-wise? Oh, wow. <laughs> I'd have to say about 25. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. I think it's, it's seven yeah. or eight uh, easily. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Mm. All right, man. It's well, that was be, a right. good question, and uh, this is a fun show.
1: Yeah, this was a real great one. I, 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 it's cool that you we got to do this when you're on location at the SEMA show, getting everything set up, so uh, really adds a, a cool dynamic to everything.
0: Well, yeah, um, as much as I enjoy doing this in the garage, uh, it's mm-hmm. uh, we're starting to get cold. Are you cold up there in the garage? Are you in the house? Uh,
1: no, actually, it was a nice day. It was about 50 today, so it's not too bad. All right,
0: well, maybe so. next one. Uh, next one, maybe we'll get the recap from... Uh, is it going to be Macaque in time? It might be a recap of SEMA. I don't know. We'll see.
1: Yeah, maybe.
0: All right. Well, as uh, if you enjoy listening to this nonsense, you can find us on uh, iTunes and on Google Play, on Stitcher Radio, on iHeart Radio, on TuneIn Radio, on mm-hmm. PodChaser, <laughs> on Facebook, and our website v8radio.com. Did I forget any? Spotify. Spotify. I always forget Spotify
1: yeah
0: I got your back jack. I think I always forget a different one and you say it and I say I always forget that one <laughs>
1: <laughs> It's all right I keep I keep like ralling them off in my head as you're rattling them off I'm like okay say this say this say that.
0: If I was smart I'd have a thing on my screen that would tell me this stuff but never said yeah, I was maybe
1: well we'll put it on the clock
0: it's an innovation we can bring to our program. <laughs> yeah perfect perfect. Yeah. All right, my man. Well, this is a lot of fun. I really appreciate it. And uh, uh, I will talk to you soon. I'll get your pictures. And we will catch all of you next time on VA Radio.